Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Stephen, today. And with me uh, is my uh, sidekick character to my superhero uh, character, Brian. How Very are you, Brian? Steve. I'm doing well. Very nice intro. I think you've you got a full grip on the hosting duties. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking of one on the fly, and it didn't quite come to me. Um, I was going to go for, like, who's the sidekick to, like, Green Lantern or something? Something, de- you know, a little bit demeaning, but kind of funny. His uh, CGI suit? Yeah, I feel like, oh, what about, oh, no, what about um, uh, the Green, who, who is Seth Rogen? No, Seth, not the Asian the guy Green in the Hornet. Green Hornet. I have no idea what the Asian guy was called that actually did everything. Yeah, no, no idea if he has a name or anything. I think he was just used his actual name and was just Seth Rogen's butler slash driver no. slash bodyguard. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's let's get onto it. Let's let's recap <laughs> last week uh, the bets that we made and how they went. Sure. So. Uh, starting off uh, with the players that we forced each other to play last week, um, as has been the trend, you did a better job picking the player I had to play than I did. You made me play DJ Shark, who should have had a really good matchup. Yeah, and did anything but dance his way into the end zone and just got me 6.7 fantasy points. So he was a bust for me i i still not 100 percent sure what happened in that game he just wasn't involved for whatever reason and failed hard i made you play leonard fournette who was quite expensive but actually got the volume that he needed and got you 18.1 fantasy points didn't have a good game but just got all the targets and so just kind of forced his way through sheer volume and will to a a decent fantasy day so we like him yeah, so once again, you did better than me at picking uh, players to that are going to be, uh, you know, less than what you would project. Uh, however, the bets went a little more in my favor. We had two different player-on-player bets. Uh, the first was one where I felt really confident on and was actually closer than I thought it would be, uh, but it was Patrick Mahomes versus... Kyler Murray plus three. I gave you three bonus points there just to make you feel good about it. Kyler Murray, however, only had 14.3 fantasy points, so really bombed. And Patrick Mahomes had a solid, if not spectacular, day for him, but still well enough to get over the 17.3 point threshold and got you 19.5 fantasy points. So that was one bet victory for me. And another bet that I actually thought was a we, we said on the podcast that this should be a free one for you because there was about a $1,000 price difference in these players. But even immediately after the podcast, I, I realized I didn't really think it was such a free square. And you ended up losing because you took Daniel Jones to have more points than Andy Dalton. Daniel Jones had pretty much his worst game of his career, short as it yeah, may be. Yeah, of course, yeah. And had 11.2 fantasy points, where Andy Dalton had one of his worst games of the season but still got you 13.3 fantasy points. And so, once so wait, again, on I was victorious. Um, Patrick Mahomes got 19 points. He did. So I almost beat you. I mean, you were two points shy. I almost shy. beat you in both of those. Well, wow, yeah, but okay. you didn't. 
All right, I still like the picks. All right. Yeah. So you get to pick two then? I get to I get to force you to play two. And then Steve, before we move on, there there was a there's a a wager that was controversial as to whether it was in effect last week. I don't know if you remember, but you proposed a wager, I accepted it, and then you did some research and decided you didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm going to let you right now tell me, do you want that wager to stand? I'm pretty sure I said uh, ve- I was I was vehemently against that wager last week. And then you just said, no, no, you said it. You said it. Okay, so we're not so going to use that sure wager? I'm... Well, I don't, I don't know if I won or not, but I was definitely against it. Okay, well, I gave you a choice. So we will not count that wager. I feel like this is a trick. But and ahead. it was because it was Andy Dalton <laughs> over 14 points. You would have won, but as I just gave you the full opportunity to say we want to use that wager, uh, we will not be using it this week. So I dodge a bullet there. But yeah, I I am shocked that Andy Dalton actually had negative points in the fourth quarter. I thought I had that one wrapped up as well because after three quarters, Andy Dalton had three 13 and a half fantasy points. And you're not mishearing me. He got negative fantasy points in the fourth quarter because of his kneel downs. So, way to go, Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Dalton kind of screwed me. Yeah, yeah, he he kind of he did not perform as expected. Though he was really cheap. I mean, he still got you three times his salary because he was so underpriced. So it wasn't the end of the world if you played him. Okay, you you get good. to pick two. You get to pick two. Yep. Let's move. Let's move on now. So before we get into our specific players of the week, uh, oh, sorry, you're hosting. I'll let you transition us there, buddy. Well, before we get to on to our specific okay. players for the week, <laughs> uh, look, we're going to go over our matchups first. The matchups that we're targeting, um, I'm not targeting these as uh, much as I did last week, but I am targeting these matchups for a lot of my picks. Um, it's the ones that we think that uh, are going to have the highest fantasy potential, not necessarily output, can't guarantee output, but the highest fantasy potential. Uh, the first one that I... Uh, have picked for this week is the New York Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. I yeah. I so uh, the determining factor in this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I believe that if Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing for the Miami Dolphins, which I see no reason why he would not, um, then they're going to put up points, and if they put up points, the Jets will be forced to put up points, and. It could be a high-scoring game with a lot of fantasy potential, especially for wide receivers. I I agree. I like that matchup. It didn't make my specific matchup list, one, because we just include a couple matchups. And, and two, I just found I wasn't playing those players as much. But I do, I th- I do think you're right. I think that's a sneaky, high-scoring game. Or will be, especially since it, it seems like across the NFL, we don't really have any weather issues this weekend, at least none forecasted as of early Saturday morning, which is rare for mid-December weeks. But but yeah, I mean, if, if there's clear weather in New York for that game, it, it should be fairly high scoring, or at least one where the receivers get you know their fair share of targets and catches. So I like the call. I went a little different direction. With my first matchup, this is just one. I think this is flat out going to be the highest scoring game of the week. And I think you're going to want some exposure to this game. And that's the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. I believe it has the highest over-under total for the week, or you know, around 49 or something. There's not a lot of 
super explosive games given that the highest scoring offenses like Kansas City uh, and Baltimore play New England and, and Buffalo respectively. So they should be toned down a bit, uh, though I still like those teams, obviously. Yeah, Carolina and Atlanta, you know, it's a division game, but it's in a dome where Matt Ryan's been really good. And just like you said, Steve, with Miami and New York, if the Falcons score some points, I think that's going to force Carolina to throw the ball even more. That means Christian McCaffrey continues to get his really good volume and continues likely to be worth it at his high price tag. It means players like David Moore still going to get a lot of catches. So I like that game uh, quite a bit. DJ Moore. I'm sorry. David Moore plays for the Seattle Seahawks and torched the Vikings for a 60-yard touchdown on his like first catch of the season. That's who David Moore is. But that's enough of that. We don't need to talk about that that game last week anymore. So yeah, my first matchup I like is is the Panthers at the Falcons. Uh, speaking of the Vikings, the other matchup I like is the Vikings versus Detroit. I feel like this uh, has a potential to be high, very high scoring, like the last time they met. But it also has the potential to completely let you down. Um, so I think we're looking at either a 14-10 game or another uh, 31-35-ish game. Oh, I couldn't. I could not disagree more. Um, I had I had the the Vikings as my third bonus honorable mention. I think the Vikings players are in a great spot. This is Minnesota at home against a third string quarterback, though, and I know David Blau looked, to be honest, very very good on Thanksgiving and or on his, you know, one game. But I don't expect that to continue on the road against a high pressure defense. I really like the Vikings. What? I think the Vikings definitely put up twenty four to thirty points, no problem. I think Detroit stays under thirteen points this game. I think the Vikings defense is gonna get blowed. Well we'll see. I hope you I hope you put Blau as one of your quarterback. Oh, choices, well, we'll then. see. <laughs> um, go ahead and but, tell me. Yeah, so the, the Vikings have had really good, uh, have done really well against backup quarterbacks, correct? Is that, Historic. That's yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike Zimmer destroys backup quarterbacks. Yeah, that's right. They're like like they did against Chase Daniel, and they did against uh, okay, Allen. Ch- Chase Daniel against, is the best uh, quarterback on Moore. the Chicago Bills. They did against Moore. They did against... Uh, who else? Who else with it? I forget. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I'm just saying I the Vikings coming off a tough loss. I, I'm not betting against them at home in a division game. They have to win. Uh, but my my last matchup is is not one that most people expect to be really high scoring, but I think it's gonna be a sneaky fantasy game and that this is gonna be a higher scoring game or at least a better fantasy game for the key players involved than you might expect, given that both teams have one team is an amazing defense and one team is decent. And that's the San Francisco 49ers at the New Orleans Saints. This is a game that uh, going into the week, I wasn't entirely sure I wanted a large piece of. But once I saw the player prices for both of these teams and dug in more into the matchup, I actually think this is going to be a pretty good game to target. I think all the key Saints players are definitely in play, as are a number of the 49ers players. So I think that's a sneaky good matchup to exploit this week. And I really like it, and it's my you know top highlight matchup for week 14. Hmm. Meh. Okay. I think that's a bad pick, but okay. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, um, then. But 
let's move on to uh, quarterbacks, our top three quarterbacks of the week. And we'll see. We'll see if Brian wants to, uh, for lack of a better analogy, for lack of a nonviolent uh, analogy, uh, pull the trigger on one of my um, quarterbacks that he does not like this week. Yeah, that's really not a good figure of speech to use anymore in this day and age, is it? Oh, oh. So, like, as a teacher, as a teacher, I am, I am a fifth and sixth grade uh, science, uh, not science, reading teacher. Um, I can't. It it's amazes me the amount of idioms that have to do like when we're talking about moving forward in something or taking a risk at something. The amount of idioms that involve sports and or uh, gun violence. <laughs> you know, and you just you, you can't use any of them. It's it's amazing. It's All right, go ahead. You're you're number three. So my number three. And before I get into the list, I want to say what was most shocking to me this week for the quarterbacks is how well they're priced and how many are great values. I've actually found I think six quarterbacks that are all averaging like over twenty points a game and are all expected to easily get three times their salary and easily have upside to get four or five times their salary. So I just picked my favorite ones, but there's there's plenty of good ones out there. So I think in this week especially, take the quarterback that fits in your lineup, uh, especially of any of the quarterbacks over 6K, I think are all very fine plays uh, for the most part. But my number three is a guy that's just over 6K, and it's Josh Allen at 6,200 going against Baltimore this week. Again, at the beginning of the week, I was worried we were going to find out there was going to be a ton of snow or rain and just, you know, below zero temperatures. But none of that came true. It's going to be a cold day. You know, it's a winter winter day in Buffalo, New York. But it's not anything going to be terrible. And since week five, Josh Allen has only had one game with less than uh, 17 points. And I think that was only one game he had 17. So every other game since week five, he's had 18 or more. And that's three times his salary right there. Just his his floor is three times his salary. He easily has upside given his rushing ability to get you 25 to 30 points. And Baltimore's defense is good, but it's not going to completely contain him. So I really like Josh Allen this week at 6,200. I think he's a he's a really good floor and ceiling play. Mm, okay. Uh at number three, you can say okay have... all you want. You don't get to make me play anyone this week, so you know. I don't think that. I'm going to have to when you have one of your targeted matchups as San Francisco versus New Orleans. Okay, we'll see when we actually <laughs> when we get when we get to the wide receivers and running backs, we'll see how highly ranked you have some of their players because I think it's pretty obvious a couple of their players are are really highly ranked. So we'll see when we get there. Uh, at number three. I have the king of being a choke artist himself, the uh, most overrated quarterback in the league right now, um, Kirk. Why? Why? Cousin. Why do you got to do that intro? Like you're just trolling me at this point. Everyone knows you're lying. People, no, no, I'm not lying. People are saying he should be up for the MVP, like in the argument for the MVP. They know he's not going to get it because of Lamar Jackson's, but like he should be in the argument. For MVP this year, that is such a joke. His such number, a joke. I, I don't, I don't agree that he's in the MVP conversation because he has had a couple bad games in the Vikings' biggest games, but his numbers are the same or better than Russell Wilson's, and Russell Wilson is the second 
front runner for MVP this year. I mean, to be honest, I, Lamar Jackson has run away with the MVP conversation. The only other person I think is worth considering is Christian McCaffrey, but non-QBs don't really win MVP awards, uh, especially for losing teams that got their head coaches fired. So uh, I, I don't hate – I mean, Cousins is playing really, really well this year. I mean, he played really well against Seattle. It wasn't his fault the Vikings lost. That's for darn sure. But go on, no, say why he's going to be so good this week. Yeah, but it's also not his fault that they won. Like, you can't say that he won them the game. Against Seattle, no. In, in other games, when he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, it's pretty easy to point to him helping the Vikings win the game. I like the matchup. Uh, last time versus Detroit, he threw for over 300 yards and I think three touchdowns. He got over 30 fantasy points. Um, the Vikings play usually play Detroit pretty well, and when I say well, that's usually a, at least 21 points or higher in terms of a in terms of scoring. Um, and I think that's why Kirk Cousins is priced up where he is. He should really be like around 5,500 for the quality quarterback he is. But um, I think. He's priced up for the matchup. I like him because of the matchup. It's one of the matchups I'm targeting this week. I expect him to do well. I completely agree. Uh, Kirk Cousins is my number two rated quarterback. Um, you know, he is the fourth highest priced quarterback on the slate. But again, he is a guy that since week five, from week five on, he's only had one game with, with less than 18 fantasy points. So again, you're his floor is pretty much three times his salary and his ceiling is 30 points. We've seen it. He's put up 30 point weeks. So I really like Kirk cousins. I think he's got a, as good a shot as anyone this week to go for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So even though he's very expensive, as, as Steve mentioned, the matchup is fantastic for cousins. Detroit secondary is awful. The Vikings are at home. Dalvin cook is playing, but is banged up. So I think the Vikings might rely even more on the passing game. Uh, I love Cousins. He's my second highest ranked quarterback this week, even at 6,700. My second highest ranked quarterback this week, the true um, goat of this game, uh, is David Blau at 5,200. I, well, actually, we can make a bet and you can make me play him. I guarantee he will not get below 15 points. (laughs) <laughs> he might i my concern isn't that he doesn't get, that he doesn't get three times his salary he might do that but you're giving up like with a guy like cousins or allen who i would i you know banking on if you're playing them 24 fantasy points like their floors are 18 but i think they both have realistic shots this week to get to 24 and there, like i said there's a bunch of other quarterbacks in the 6k to 7k range that have the same floor upside combination that you're losing 10 plus points at your qb position so you have to just absolutely crush your other positions in terms of value and raw points in order to make up that deficit and i just don't see why you want to take that risk when quarterbacks have proven this year to be such bargains on DraftKings. Not only that, you're taking David Blau over Derek Carr, who's cheaper, who's only 5K. There's another... Oh, now, my. Are you serious? Are you serious right this, now? He's in the same spot. Derek Carr's playing Tennessee. He's cheaper. He just needs to get 15 fantasy points. Like Yes, needs to get 15 fantasy points, which he's not averaging at home or away this season. He's not, but 
David Blau's played one game. I mean, Gardner Minshew, 5,400. Andy Dalton, 5,200. Drew Locke f- facing Houston, 5,100. I And Derek Carr, I like all those guys more than David Blau this week. David Blau played one game against the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears has a significantly better defense than the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And, 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 and Blau, he got 18 points. Yeah, and it was on like three fluky long passes. And I, mean, I wonder they, what team is terrible against fluky long passes. I mean, you know what? I, I dominated you this last week. You kind of lost out on the Andy Dalton, but... Pick one of those. Pick one of the four quarterbacks I mentioned to go head to head against David Blau for a bet. Minshew, Dalton, Locke, and Carr. I'll let you have your pick of those four to go against David Blau. Wait, seriously, so you'll you'll let me pick Carr? That seems unfair. Yeah. Okay, Carr. Okay, Blau <laughs> versus Carr. Let's do it. I'm writing it down. Keep talking while I write this down because justify this insanity. I just did. Last week he played against a better defense on his small sample size and got 18 points. If he, he now he's playing against a significantly worse defense that allows more fluky long passes um, than the Chicago Bears. And if I guarantee he's not, he may take a step back and not get a uh, rushing touchdown. But I don't see anything that's going to stop him from getting more yards. Neil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Nothing's going to stop him getting more yards. But anyway, that's enough on a third-string quarterback uh, that will probably never be played again in fantasy football after this season. Uh, my well, Vikings one... might trade for him. <laughs> no, actually, to be honest, okay, we're going to stick on this game a little more. You know, actually, what I'm hoping for that I don't want David Blau to get hurt, but maybe David Blau is just completely ineffectual in the first quarter, and then the Lions put Kyle Sloter in the preseason goat. That was the Wait, Vikings what? They have Kyle Sloter? Kyle Sloter is the Detroit Lions backup quarterback this week. So really, okay. I, I want to see I that changed, happen. I changed my pick. <laughs> so my Blau slash Kyle Sloter. All right. How much is Sloter? Oh, who knows? You're not you're not you're not starting Sloter. You're not counting on a quarterback to get injured or pulled out of the game in the first half. So you can't play Sloter. Sloter the goader. Yeah. Four thousand. Yeah. Yeah, for, for anyone who doesn't know, Kyle Sloter is a guy that's uh, started as an undrafted free agent for the Denver Broncos, was lights out in, their, in a preseason for the Broncos. The Vikings picked him up, I think, the next year and put him on their practice squad. He's been lights out every preseason game he's ever played. I think he has, like, the highest statistical average in the preseason of any QB in the Greatest NFL preseason history. player of all time. Yeah, uh, and, and not even joking. Like, he just lights up the preseason, and Vikings fans have been – calling relentlessly for him to actually get a shot to be on the roster and the Vikings have never never wanted to do that. He ended up going to the Cardinals and out to the Lions this season. So he's actually going to be active for a game. Maybe he'll see some action against one of his former teams. It would be pretty fun to be honest. Um I may actually just start Kyle Sloter. <laughs> just just in hopes. There yeah. you go. Um well, let's move on now to the hands down the best quarterback uh, in real life and fantasy football so far this season. Probably will be at oh, the end of the season, too. We probably have the same one. He's really expensive, but I just don't care. It's Lamar Jackson at 7,400. He is facing the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. The Bills have a good defense. That's fine. Lots of the San Francisco 49ers had a good defense last week, and Lamar Jackson said, I don't care. 
hold my beer. I'm going to go crush it. Uh, he's had over 26 fantasy points every single week since week six. That's insane. That That's saying he's, he's a good shot to get four times his salary, even at 7,400. And we've seen his upside. He easily has 35-point upside. I think he's a no-brainer top pick. I, I think he's the rare quarterback play where it's worth forcing him into your lineup even at his high price because his floor is so extremely high. So I love Lamar Jackson this week, like every week, even at 7,400. Okay, sure. (laughs) Uh, He's not my number number one. one. No, are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. Uh, My number one is a quarterback who in the last uh, six weeks – um, has put up some pretty significant numbers, and he's not ranked for you, and I don't know why. Um, but I think this quarterback sounds good. So let's say uh, he gets 23, 19, 28, 19, 33, 15 points. So his lowest score was 15 points. His highest was uh, between 28 and 33 points. And he has an average of... 24 points uh, when he's playing away, 18 just overall. That is Ryan Tannehill for 5,800. I think he's like been the late season goat this year. And I think I lost. Yeah, I sorry, I muted my mic there for uh, a cough. But uh, but yes, I I actually have picked up Ryan Tannehill to be my fantasy starting quarterback in the playoffs for a couple season long leagues. Uh, That's where we're at at this point in our lives. Welcome to the end of 2019. Uh, And yeah, Tannehill has been fantastic to. I mean, that's probably doing him a disservice to how good he's been since coming in as the starter in week seven for the Tennessee Titans. I like him a lot. Again, if, if he was 5,500, I'd really be interested in playing him. But I just, I can't help thinking that some of this is fluky. It's been fluky for several weeks. I get it. but Six weeks? <laughs> I have concerns about him going across the country on a road, on the road um, to a team where Wait, Oakland's what? defense is not good. But they're a little bit better at home. Okay, the stats don't support that. He, he to what? He hasn't left the East Coast. He played. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's traveling all the way across the country, um, and going east to west generally isn't as tough on teams as going west to east. But I just have concerns about the that for a, a quarterback and a team that are not fantastic. I expect this to be more a Derrick Henry game. And, you know, Tannehill could do it for you. I don't hate the play. It's just he doesn't excite me as much. I like the higher upside of a guy like Cousins or Allen, and I love the floor-ceiling combo of Lamar Jackson, even though he's quite a bit more expensive than Tannehill. All right, let's move on to running backs. I have a lot of question marks in my running backs. I'm going to go first. Um, okay, I actually I thought at, my my top five running backs I'm really happy with. I'm not super happy. A lot of question marks. All right, so at number five for four thousand dollars, I have Darwin Thompson, who I don't know if uh, if he's going to be getting the 
uh, the play that he might get. Uh, they're saying that <laughs> Coach Andy Reid suggested Monday that Thompson could be in line for additional playing time week 14 against the Patriots with the statuses of Damian Williams' ribs and Daryl Williams' hamstring to be determined. So I don't know if he's going to play more, but if he does then uh, I probably will put him on a team if I need that uh, money saving, money savings. Yeah, if you need the salary relief, he's not a terrible play. I definitely, I mean, both the Williamses, both the D Williams is for Kansas City are out this week. Uh, I think Daryl Williams is on the IR even, so he's out for the season. So it's going to be LaShawn McCoy. pick up Spencer Ware again. I mean, and, and that makes sense. He knows the offense. He's an okay emergency player but it is going to be LaShawn McCoy first and then Darwin Thompson second I I don't hate the play I like him more like if he was your low-end flex I wouldn't say anything about it but to for him to be a top five RB in your rankings and I get a lot of that has to do with salary um seems a little off to me like he he doesn't apparently catch passes um which is kind of surprising because it seems like probably because he doesn't ever play yeah, I, he hasn't played, but even last game he played. He got 11 carries. He didn't catch any passes. I, I just don't see, season, though. I don't see the Chiefs moving the ball through their running backs a lot this week. New England's defense is really good up front specifically. Uh, it's basically their front seven and their and Stephon Gilmore, Stephen Gilmore, their top cornerback um, that you're most scared of. And I think the Chiefs will score points, but it'll be through other players. So I, I'm a little off that. I think he's a very low low ceiling guy that i don't really like like i said it, maybe if you use him as you said you absolutely need to play someone that's really cheap there's there's a lot of worse options than playing him but i have some concerns even though he definitely is going to get uh, a decent role or is in line for a decent role with two of other kansas city's running backs out of this game go ahead uh my number five running back is staying in the same game and it's the one Patriot you can always count on when the Patriots really need to score points and move the ball. And that's James White, who's just 5,500. Um, Kansas City is 30th in the NFL against running backs as far as allowing DraftKings points are concerned. So this is a great matchup. Uh, but like I said, I do think Kansas City is able to score in this game. So I don't think the Patriots are going to try to just going to try or going to be able to just take up all the clock by slowly plowing Sony Michelle ahead for three and a half yards at a time until the game runs out. But what did you say? Blowing. It's, it's blowing, blowing, not plowing. Oh, okay. Blowing. He's going to blow his way. To... No, blowing yeah. is accidentally in yourself into like four 30 plus yard pass plays that just are blown coverages in the same game. But anyway, I wonder um, who blows the most coverages, blows okay. the most coverages. Oh, okay. Xavier Rhodes, who probably should be benched. But anyway, back to James White. Um, he's pretty cheap at 5,500, and he's basically the same player as Kareem Hunt, who is now priced in the mid 6Ks. And people have been all excited to play. But James White's been that guy for a long time. You know, he gets a handful of carries, but you don't expect anything out of them. But he gets a lot of, you know, five to eight targets a game and can get double-digit targets in the right circumstance and gets used in the red zone. So I really like James White. He's a really safe floor and player uh, that has a ceiling as well because we've seen plenty of games in the past where he's had multiple touchdowns. So 
I like him as a possible upside play and a, a good bit of salary salary relief as well, though obviously not at Darwin Thompson's level at 4K. Well, let's uh, let's take a look here. Um, zero touchdowns, 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 one touchdown, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns. And yet James most White. of those games, double-digit fantasy points. So if he gets a touchdown, he becomes an amazing value. You mean if he gets two receiving touchdowns, 11 targets for 98 yards, uh, and gets 37 points, then he's probably really good to play the next yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get it. It looks like a reactionary <laughs> but it's not. The Patriots' offense is abysmal right now tom brady knows it bill belichick knows it the whole world knows it the patriots whenever they need to turn things around go through james white it's the reason why you don't hear anything about james white ever and then in the super bowl he's the hero like this is just how the patriots work every year i'm just expecting that to continue and i get he maybe he doesn't score but then he still gets you 12 to 15 fantasy points and that's okay for his salary this week but if, but if okay. he gets in the end zone, easy four times the salary. My next question, Mark, running back, is I think you'll like this one. At 4,600 is Mr. Uh, Mostert, the Bostert himself, Raheem Mostert, uh, for 4,600. He is getting more touches the last uh, couple of weeks, and I guess that's good when you want to pick someone for fantasy football to win you some money um yeah this is a reaction play just to him getting more volume <laughs> yeah i i think this is a reaction play matt Breida's back this week i'm pretty sure that concerns me now there's three running backs in that backfield they mostert, only run their ter- their quarterback's terrible I, it, it's true and mostert has been their most effective running back for for some time even though he's gotten minimal work up until last week but the Saints are good against running backs. They only give up 89 yards a game on the ground. They're, San Francisco's on the road. I just have a lot of concerns about picking a running back this when there's three guys. It is, but I, I don't like these running I Someone on San Francisco, someone in San Francisco's backfield probably has a good game. But I have no idea if it's Mostert or Breida or Coleman. It, it could be any one of those three. It could be none of those three. I hope it's Coleman. Um, so it, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to predict. So I, I don't like that. But Mostert has been really good. I definitely think that's more of a reaction play than James White. However, if you want to go back to your favorite phrase, um, really reacting to. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, so me reacting to twenty six points versus you reacting to thirty seven points. Is that what you're saying? I think it's much more likely James White repeats a game with double-digit targets than it is that Mostert gets 19 carries in a game where there's three running backs. San Francisco wants to get on the field. Uh, but anyway, let's move on now to a running back that whose volume is not in question at all, who is basically a lock to get the touches he needs. Uh, I dismissed him last week. Um, and that was incorrect. I'm not doing it again, though, because he's got a great matchup at home, and that's Leonard Fournette at 7,800. Uh, he's still pricey. Uh, he still is not scoring a lot of touchdowns, but when a guy gets 20 carries and can get double-digit targets in the same game, and I think he's running like 
28 routes or something ridiculous. Like he's he's running for passes all the time. Every basically every time the the Jaguars drop back to pass, Fournette is running a route, which is crazy for a running back. It's only him and Christian McCaffrey doing that. Um, his volume is just too good. The Chargers are a fine defense, but they're not going to completely shut Fournette down. So he's the same guy he's been pretty much every week this season. He's good to get you 18 points through sheer volume, and if he actually scores touchdowns, which he's had lots of opportunities to do, he can be just a fantastic play. So he's my fourth-ranked quarterback, Leonard Fournette at 7,800. He plays quarterback, too? Running back. I'm sorry. It's early. We're recording early on a Saturday. Uh, at number three, I have the person that you were down on, super down on. How dare you? Um, uh, the the uh, can't think of a word that I can say that rhymes with his first or last name. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. No, that's really offensive. Um, oh my gosh. No, I can't think of one. Uh, Cream Hunt at sixty six hundred. Okay, this so he's basically he's basically uh if he's basically James White, then I'll take the thirty seven points, uh this week and call it a day. <laughs> I mean, he's he's James White in his role. He's eleven hundred more. Like I I don't know why I pay up for for Cream Hunt, um, when you can just take James White. They're in very similar matchups. And Sony Michelle is not Nick Chubb, so Michelle, you know, I James White doesn't have much of a chance to have a zero game. I think Kareem Hunt can be usurped if Nick Chubb just cuts off a couple of long runs for the Browns this week. I agree, but that's the case for a lot of things. Like uh, uh, James White could be usurped if uh, Sony Michelle runs in a couple seven-yard touchdowns. Yeah, well, okay. Well, then White still gets his 12 points. I I I don't know. I have I I think they're the exact same player. James White's 1100 cheaper. So, give me James White. No, because because if if Sony Michelle's running, if Sony Michelle gets two touchdowns, uh like Aaron Jones style, like yeah. seven seven yards each and he he gets them 14 points, they're not going to use James White. They're just going to continue to use Sony Michelle. So like the game flow would totally go against James White. It can, but he's still James White's gotten like double digit fantasy points every game for most of the year. So I that can happen, but I'm not concerned about James White getting completely shut down. And again, he's they're the same player and James White's eleven hundred less. So just that that's where I, I don't want to bank I don't want to bank on someone getting double digit fantasy points when double digit fantasy points is ten to thirteen. I mean that's Kareem Hunt too. I don't I don't know. Um, you might be playing Cream Hunt this week, so that's all I'm gonna I say. I think Cream Hunt has a has a higher higher ceiling. No, I mean, yes. James White just put up thirty. I was about to agree, but then James White put up thirty-seven points last week, so I don't know how much. Yeah, but that was ceiling. his super. That was his Super Bowl game. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. I don't know if you can have a higher ceiling than that. But anyway, uh, moving on to my uh, third-ranked running back, and this was where I start really, really liking my picks. Um, it's Devonta Freeman at fifty-four hundred. I mentioned up top that I really liked this Carolina and Atlanta game. Freeman's come back from injury. Uh, he didn't have a great game last week, but he got over 20 touches, and that's really what we're looking for. He's facing the 32nd, so the 
the worst defense in the NFL against running backs as far as giving up DraftKings points is concerned. Uh, he's getting his full workload back. He's used in the red zone, even though he's not the biggest back in the world. And Atlanta's other running backs have proven ineffective, so they have no... I don't think there's any doubt in the Atlanta coaches' minds of whether they want to try to force touches to the backup running backs. They're going to give Freeman the work he can handle. I think he's a really good play at his price. He's the main reason that I might not play James White in as many lineups because for $100 less, you can go to Devonta Freeman and get the carries and the catches. So I love Devonta Freeman this week at 5400 I thought about it, but he's burned me too many times. So no thanks. Boy, bye. <laughs> Uh, and number two, uh, another question mark is I only like this person if I know that uh, the other one is not going to play. And that's Alexander Madison for 4,500. And I know, I know he says he's playing. All right. But there's no still injury change. designation. If he doesn't play, the Vikings are going to get fined like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I just. I don't feel good about Cook playing. I don't either. Cook is not anywhere in my ranks because his injury not is a pain mind. one. And if the Vikings get up big against the Lions, they're not playing Dalvin Cook. So you could say that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think the Vikings get out to an early lead, um, they're, they're going to put Madison in for more work this week than he's been getting. I think Madison would be a good, like, desperation flex play, although I have him in my running backs. I feel like running back wide receiver and flex are just kind of one thing but um i think it might be a good desperation flex play because he could he could get himself like one to two touchdowns if if they get off to an early lead because they do give him a decent amount of work in the red zone oh yeah and and if if they sit cook if or if cook gets re-injured again because again this is a pain issue for him and it's you know he can easily miss every other series in in this game even if he's performing well and, and otherwise feeling well madison can, can get lucky and he's the in the series where they score through the run so yeah i i don't hate the play at all i think he is for the first time this season a legitimate option even as in the backup running back you know someone in the the vein of a james white or cream hunt even though he has a very different role madison is a more of a peer runner but yeah um, given his cheap price, I don't hate it. I actually probably do like him more than Darwin Thompson. Now that I think about it more, as I as do kind too. of a flex, a cheap flex play. So, yeah, don't hate it at all, even with Cook and play. But yeah, he, I had him start as if if Cook is out, Alexander Madison would have been the easiest best fantasy play we've had all year. Like it would have just he's in every lineup of mine, like without question if Cook was out, yeah. but but we don't have that, unfortunately, or, or fortunately for the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Um, but yeah, I uh, I can't hate the play. I mean, I'm a Vikings fan, can't hate it at all. So I like it, but yeah, I, I, I don't hate it. I like it. There, there's my deep analysis. <laughs> but uh, I'll move on to my number two running back. This is the guy um, everybody knows and loves. Other than Lamar Jackson, the the best fantasy player in the league this year, CMC Christian McCaffrey, who is a bargain this week at just ten thousand three hundred dollars. Oh, I uh, thought he was four hundred. Ten thousand four hundred. No, ten thousand three hundred. Yeah. Two hundred. Wow. Two hundred cheaper than he's been. Uh, hit up the value train. 
<laughs> he's just been insane. Last week was his only game. Last week, I think he got like 17 points. He didn't score. He had a rough game. You know, really horrible game for Christian McCaffrey with 17 fantasy points. Uh, but that was the only week since week eight where he has had less than 29 fantasy points. It's just insane. Uh, and he's playing the Falcons in Atlanta. I already said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The Falcons, we've been saying all year, and, and everyone says constantly in the fantasy world, that Atlanta funnels... Uh, yards through the middle of the field that's where their defense wants opposing offenses to work that's where christian mccaffrey does his job uh i think he's just as, as safe a bet as he's been all year to get 30 points and that's really hard to pass up even at his high price tag so love cmc once again this week cmc yes let's move on to wide receivers oh wait um, i still have I my number one. Move... Oh, i thought cmc was your no, number one cmc is my number two all right whatever go Okay, so my number one running back, uh, going back to my 49ers and Saints matchup, is a guy who's just too ridiculously cheap. Uh, he's getting the same type of volume as in the air as CMC and Leonard Fournette. Gets a little less work on the ground, but is really cheap at 7K, and that's Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's had over nine targets each of the last four games. His price has dropped by like $1,000 basically because he's playing San Francisco who have a fantastic defense and a really good run defense. But Kamara's not a typical running back. He's going to get his targets and his catches and his yards one way or another. Uh, I think he's nicely into that Leonard Fournette role of his volume is going to get you three times the salary and touchdowns are gravy. Uh, but he's $800 cheaper than Leonard Fournette. So I love Alvin Kamara this week. He is my number one running back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. He has so exciting. Terrible. He's been terrible this year, but okay, whatever. <laughs> all right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, I think we Wait, move pretty quickly terrible. through wide receivers. Okay. I I would rather play Austin Eckler than Alvin Kamara. <laughs> but um, I don't have either of them ranked. So. Okay, wide receivers. You go first this time. Okay. My number five wide receiver, uh, going back to the Minnesota Vikings, if you're playing Kirk Cousins in, in a, you know, at all in your lineup, I'd say you pretty much have to play this guy. It's Stephon Diggs at 7,600. He is coming off a really bad NFL game. I don't even know what his fantasy points were against the Seahawks. I don't care. He had two bad drops, uh, one play where he deflected a pass, somewhat unluckily, but still deflected a pass into an interception. Um, had a really bad NFL game, but he's a fantastic receiver, and the Detroit secondary is awful, like just, just terrible. Uh, he's seventy six hundred. He's very expensive, but I think he's in a fantastic spot. And let's not forget his last game against Detroit. He put up over one hundred and forty yards, so he definitely can do it. And again, like I said, if you're playing Kirk Cousins, you pretty much have to play Stephon Diggs because that's who Cousins gets all his uh, big tar- big air yards from. So. I love Stefan Diggs this week. He's my number five wide receiver. Uh, number five, I have Devontae Parker. He's priced up to about where he should be now. And as long as Fitzpatrick is playing, I love Devontae Parker. Yeah, I don't hate that at all at 6,900. He's been getting 10 targets a game, and the Jets are bad, especially against the pass. So, yeah, don't hate that at all. I think you're right. I think Parker's priced correctly now. Uh, my number four wide receiver is um, the other guy in the 
Chargers game that gets passes that I I like a lot more than than Austin Eckler, and I think they're somewhat similarly priced. It's Keenan Allen at sixty six hundred. Um, Is he dead? I know we haven't talked to him at all, and I think he's had like a sneaky, still really good season. Um, since week seven, he's only had two games with less than ten targets. And those two games were one, the Chargers blew out the Packers, and they just didn't have to use uh, the passing game at all. And in the other, uh, it's when they faced the Denver Broncos, and Keenan Allen was shadowed by Chris Harris, who's been one of the top three cornerbacks in the NFL this year. Um, the Chargers are facing the Jaguars, who traded Jalen Ramsey. They're a really good shutdown corner. They don't have anyone that can completely shut down a wide receiver. And Keenan Allen's just too cheap, I think, at 6,600. I mean, we've seen he can put up games with 10 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, and that's just fantastic on a, in a full PPR game like DraftKings. So I love Keenan Allen at 6,600. Hmm. Great play, Brian. Good find. Oh, come um, on now. <laughs> You're doing that. Uh, number that, that was the guy where by at week three of the season, you said he's going to be my number one ranked receiver every week this year. Until he went like four points, five points, three <laughs> points, four points. I was like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> um, oh, give me more. Give me more. Give me more of DJ Moore uh, at 7,000. He's your number four? DJ... Yeah, number four. Oh, why do you hate DJ Moore so much? Because I like other players better. Mm. Duh. Uh, DJ Moore at 7,000. He's been, what, top? five wide receiver this year he's still not priced up with all those wide receivers so i I completely agree with everything you're saying that's why i think (laughs) it's way too low yeah um my number three wide receiver is the highest priced guy on the slate the guy that's just kind of automatic and again is in that saints 49ers game it's michael thomas at 8300 um he like kamara I'm not concerned about when he faces a good defense because of his role, because he's a receiver that runs in routes and out routes for 10 yards a crack and is, you know, very likely to get you 10 catches for a hundred yards. And that's right. There is 23 fantasy points on DraftKings. Uh, if he scores a touchdown, you're approaching 30 just from what he does every single game. Uh, and even at 8,300, that's just, a lot of value. So I love Michael Thomas. I'm not worried at all about him getting completely shut down uh, again, because that just doesn't happen to him. Yeah, I agree. I like Michael Thomas as well. Uh, at number three, I have uh, Kenny all day Galladay. Uh, just chuck it. Just chuck it up. Someone in the in the backfield is going to fall and like throw their hands up like, oh, my God, he tripped me. But they're actually just terrible. Uh, and Kenny Galladay is going to have a huge game this week. What's his price tag? 6700 Oh, my God, yeah. 100% give me DJ Moore over Kenny Galladay. Like, not, All right. not even in the bet. same ballpark. Oh, you, you'll take that bet? 100%. Okay. Because, yeah. I, more you have way has, too much faith in the Vikings. I, Kenny Galladay got... Five targets last week. Like he turned five Again? targets into amazingness. You're not catching three passes over 30 yards in a game. Again, that's fluky. Nobody does that. Again, uh, game in and game out. The Bears. The the Bears played terrible. I get it. It was the Bears. They played terrible, and they're still better than the Vikings at defense. 
I don't I don't buy that. Oh, t- give me Kyle Fuller. Give me Kyle Fuller yes. over anyone on the Vikings defense that's covering people any day. I mean, if if you don't count Harrison Smith as covering people. If you do even over oh, Harrison Smith. Okay. No. Even no, over Harrison the, Smith. Them's fighting words. You don't t- Harrison Smith no, is the he, best safety in the league. He's one of the top 5 defensive the, players in the NFL. Then why are the Vikings giving up because so much Xavier on Because Xavier Rose defense? is terrible and Mike Zimmer refuses to bench him. So why not double that area with Harrison Smith? It's I, I mean, that's, step that's it not, up. I, or, that's not, that's not how the Vikings defense works. I agree. Xavier Rose, like I, I've loved Xavier Rhodes for years. Uh, I really liked him as a player. He's lost like three or four steps now, though, and he just can't keep up with receivers anymore. Um, but yeah, it, DJ Moore, easy over Kenny Galladay. I love that, but I'm feeling really good. I'm a little worried about the Derek Carr. You know, relying on Derek Carr is never a good thing, but... I'm really happy with this second bet. I feel much better about myself. Um, yeah, Galladay at 67, that's that's, that's too high for me. Um, but now, you know, let's go down now to some cheaper a cheaper guy who I love this week. Uh, he's the wide receiver one on his team because T.Y. Hilton is out. Uh, and that's Zach Pascal, who's just 5,500 this week. He's going against the Buccaneers. Uh, everyone knows how terrible they are against the pass, and they're good against the run. Uh, so I think the Colts are going to be forced to use Jacoby Brissett uh, to move the ball down the field. And Brissett really only likes to throw to two people, Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal. And Pascal is the bigger play guy. Uh, if T.Y. Hilton was in, I would still like Pascal at his price tag. Hilton's out now, and this isn't a game where I have any concern that because Pascal is the number one, Tampa Bay is going to funnel protection to stop him. Tampa Bay can't do that. Um, so I love Pascal at 5,500. I think he's a steal at that price. Great find, Brian. Stop it. Stop it. It hasn't um, been working the last couple weeks because you're forcing it. Michael Thomas, number four. Go ahead. I mean, number, number two. two. Number two. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, Michael Thomas, real good. My number one is is the guy that we talked about already that I said you were too low on and that we bet on. It's DJ Moore. He's fantastic. Uh, he's getting... DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas levels of volume with averaging 11 targets over his last five games. He's just too good to pass up at his price tag. I think he's he's a good six to six hundred to a thousand dollars too cheap uh, given his volume and matchup. So I love DJ Moore this week. He's my top wide receiver. Uh, my top is Stefan Diggs at oh. seventy six hundred. You know, I actually thought you were gonna. You were going to give me grief about including Diggs in my, in my lineup at one point, but uh, I like it. That's ballsy. I like it as well. I think I actually feel like instead of the Vikings getting up big early, I think the Vikings are actually going to get down early. I think that the uh, similar to last week, Blau is going to look good in the first half, and then people are going to get super pissed off at Kirk Cousins, and then he's just going to start chucking the ball up. And Diggs is going to benefit from that. Man, I am going to be sending you some spiteful texts at about 12.15 on Sunday after the Vikings have scored their second touchdown in five minutes against these terrible Detroit Lions. <laughs> I think I have a feeling that the Viking, uh, that Blau is going to get like 15, 16 points in the first half and then maybe like two points. In the second half, I mean that that's possible. But I, 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 I'm thinking this is another game. The last time the Lions played in Minnesota, obviously it was last season. Uh, the Vikings sacked Matt Stafford nine times. 
I'm expecting David Blau to get that exact same treatment this week. That's what I'm expecting. That's uh, very nice. Well, not no, not for him. Maybe Kyle Sloter will have to come in. If Sloter plays, all bets are off. Detroit might win the Super Bowl if Kyle Sloter well, comes in. So, duh. I mean, even though there's statistics, even though they're mathematically the eliminated, <laughs> he they the NFL might make an exception when they see uh, the Sloter goat uh, come to play. Uh, but anyway, right. let's move to tight ends now. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, let's do tight ends before flex because once in a while we I'll include a tight end and flex. Okay, you'll go first. All right, yeah. Um, this is my punt pass kick uh, tight end, my PPK tight end. Um, I He has not played well this year. He has gotten very low targets. I have a feeling that uh, he's going to return on his value like 15 yards and one touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Ben Watson. For three thousand, I have a feeling this week. He that absolute. I mean, it's one yard, one catch, fifteen yards on touchdowns is possible for anyone. But uh, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, if you're going to have a feeling week about Ben Watson, this is the week to do it. So I don't hate it at all. Um, I have a guy though that's cheaper than that. That's my punt play of the week, but he's not that much of a punt play because Greg Olson is out of this game with a concussion, uh, and his backup is capable of doing the same thing Olson does, which is you know get four to six catches for like forty to fifty yards and maybe a touchdown. And that's Ian Thomas at twenty five hundred. He is the absolute lowest price you can be on DraftKings. Uh, he opens up a ton for you elsewhere in your roster, and again he can easily get four times his salary because all it takes is five catches for 50 yards, which isn't even a good game. So I like Ian Thomas a lot this week at 2,500. If, if I didn't see that they were going to be putting in multiple tight ends to catch passes uh, for Greg Olson, maybe I would have done gone that route. But from what I've seen, they're going to be playing multiple, like a tight end by committee. I mean, they can say what they want. Ian Thomas is the guy that's going to get most of the, the receiving work for them, uh, I, I expect. I, I haven't seen the exact quote you're talking about, but, um, but yeah, I, I like Ian Thomas this week is, is my punt play. At number two, um, I guess I'm going with the trend and picking Vance McDonald because he's playing oh. against the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I, I, I just threw up a bit in my mouth. Why? Because he's not number one? No, because he's... He's ranked. It's gross. What is he? What is he priced at? Forty three hundred. Oh yuck! Ew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me, name, Vance name McDonald's your next pick. Name his quarterback. Uh, I don't know. If he played against the Vikings, <laughs> he'd be a name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't name his quarterback. Name name two receivers that will be active in that game for Pittsburgh. Nate, that offense is terrible. Uh, Rudolph has been doing nothing. He's had good matchups and done nothing all season. I get that it's the Cardinals and that playing Tyler Higby against Arizona was like cheat code before <laughs> at really cheap. Um, there's a couple guys that are priced higher than just a bit higher than McDonald that I like a lot more. Uh, even Kyle Rudolph who's $100 more and is going against those Detroit Lions. Uh, he's been very, very solid over the last several weeks. He's only $100 more than McDonald. I like him, and he's not even in my top three. So I have concerns about that. But but that's what I – you're not on an island because, you know, 
see Arizona Cardinals play the tight end. So yeah. maybe that will work out once again. Um, I probably won't play him, but um, it's because of my number one. But yeah. Yeah, and and I'm going with my number two. I'm going at the opposite end of the spectrum. Ian Thomas was my punt play or my punt pass and kick play to steal a line from you that I like quite a bit, Steve. Uh, Travis Kelsey at 6,200 is just the best play. Uh, He's been the best tight end in the NFL once again this year, real life and fantasy. Um, he, he People have been down on him because he hasn't had a lot of huge games. But he gets like 15 points or more every game. He's just a really solid player. Uh, if he was a wide receiver, he'd be priced, you know, $800 more at least, I think. Uh, and the one thing New England's defense hasn't been great at stopping is tight ends. So I expect Kelsey to be a focal point of the Kansas City Chiefs offense this week, especially with uh, Tyreek Hill covered and shadowed by Stephon Gilmore. Um, I really like Travis Kelsey this week. I don't know how easy he'll be able to fit in at his price tag, but even at 6,200, yeah, I really like him. Ready? My turn? Yeah. All right. At number one, this will be probably the person I end up playing. Uh, 4,600, Jack Doyle. Yeah, he's my number one, too. He's He is a really good play. His price jumped up a lot from last week, but yeah. I, I love All him. Right. Tampa Bay's defense is almost as bad against tight ends as Arizona's, so... Yeah, and, and, and Lamps without Pascal playing Jack Doyle, profit. Yeah. All right, flex. Okay, flex picks. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my number oh, five flex I, Before we get into flex, I want to give one honorable mention tight end really quick. Um, Irv Smith? No, uh, David Njoku, who is 3,500. He's been on the IR since week two. He should be activated this week. The... Browns would have to announce it by 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Uh, if they do, I think he's a really good um, high leverage play, meaning I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him because his name just hasn't been in anyone's consciousness for a long time given his injury. But he's in a very good matchup and should return to a decent role for the Browns offense. So I like him as another punt play. Lots of good punt plays at tight end this week. Uh, number five on my for my flex at seventy two hundred. I have no, can't think of anything. I'm not not on my feet today. You're not uh, on your game today, Steve. Yeah, maybe, I need, maybe I need too many too something. many family members visiting you, keeping you yeah up at night, ruining <laughs> your routine. I think maybe you have to have uh, a talk with the wife about that. Mike Evans, Mike Evans at seventy two hundred. Uh, he. I don't know. I saw a statistic about how uh, target share in the red zone, and he's one of the highest uh, play, target share people in the in the red zone. And that made me think, like, you know, I've been kind of off Mike Evans. I'll give him a try again. Um, and usually that means he has a good chance of actually scoring some points because he hasn't scored points in a long time. So no, he hasn't because I keep picking him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know what I. I completely agree with you, but I've thrown my hands up in the air. I'm done trying to distinguish between Evans and Chris Godwin. They are together my number five flex play. Um, at Evans is 7200 like you said. Godwin is 7300 Basically the same price. It's very rare that $100 affects you that much in your lineup. And they have a good matchup against the Colts. It's not an amazing matchup, but it's a good one. I just... If you could tell me, if you knew which one was going to have the big game, these guys would be 
you know, a top rank wide receiver or just fantasy player generally uh, every week, you know, to put in your lineups. But given that it's so hard to predict which one is going to have a good week uh, and I haven't been able to do it. So I'm just combining them, uh, you know, play one of them in your flat or in your flex spot or at a wide receiver spot. I think they're both really good. Play players. Evans. Okay. Steve says play Evans. I say pick one. So Steve is at number four Evans. at number four. Uh, my low price wide receiver of the week at 4,000 is Danny Amendola. You Danny just Amendola. love that game. That's one of my games that I picked. <laughs> I like it more than my Jets-Dolphins game, but you'll see I have some Jets players coming. So Yeah, I don't think I've heard any any Jets and only one Dolphin so far of your, your big matchup. Yeah, I like that matchup. I just, I don't know. I like I mean, the Vikings. Detroit one better. To, to be fair, the Dolphins running backs are Miles Gaskin and Patrick Laird. So, <laughs> you know, who? Yeah. Am- Amendola is my Randall Cobb pick of the week. I think okay, play... I bet you I bet you Amendola scores less than 25 fantasy points. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> How about you could say less than 12? No, no, no. I'm good. Since since that's what you're looking for from your 5500 price we'll, running back, we'll, we'll see. We'll see your reaction to my fourth ranked flex play, and maybe we'll have a bet between him and Amendola. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, Amendola is actually probably one of the players on Detroit I like the most this week, to be honest, uh, because you can't like Michael Thomas, not nearly as good as Michael Thomas, but same kind of thing. You can't really stop Amendola from his five yard catches. Like, if they target yeah. him, he's going to get catches and points. So uh, my number four is a guy that's very similar uh, but plays in a matchup that I – also plays in a matchup that I talked about. It's Russell Gage at 4,800. Uh, I really liked him earlier in the week when it looked like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley could miss the game. They're both active, but that's fine. Uh, they've both been active the last couple weeks as well, and Russell Gage has gotten you over 15 points the last two weeks. He is firmly entrenched in that Mohamed Sanu role and uh, – like a lot of my flex picks this week, he's just got a really good floor. Doesn't have a super high ceiling, but just is a really solid play as the last guy to plug into your lineup. If you have, you know, 5K or a little less available, uh, Russell Gage at 4,800 is just a solid play this week. Mm, no, thanks. Um, I'm okay, not going to make Russell... that bet. Oh, okay. Uh, next at number three, I have Cruz and Chubbies himself. Uh, at eight thousand, Nick Chubbers. I, I, I don't really have anything. He's a decent running back. He you, you were trying to him. set me up to make an off-color <laughs> joke there, and I'm not taking the bait. Tell me, tell me all you want about Nick Chubb. Uh, he gets over fifteen points a game. Uh, he's got a good matchup. <laughs> Yeah, he's, I, my, I, he's like I, a Dalvin Cook replacement this week. <laughs> oh, I think there's there's a couple better Dalvin Cook replacements, but he's there. If it wasn't for Kareem Hunt, I'd be all like I'd be all over Chubby. Uh, you know, Chubbs would be the one of the top ranked players. Kareem Hunt just take just enough of his workload to scare me off of a guy that's priced at 8K, but uh, he's definitely got a good matchup and can he certainly has the opportunity to bust out for 150 yards and a couple scores if he gets some long runs against the Bengals, which he could definitely do. 
So I don't, uh, yeah, don't don't hate Nick Chubb at all. Ooh, I I got now I've got a decision though. Which which Cleveland running back do I make you play, or do I make you play both? Stack the Cleveland running backs. That might be fun. <laughs> um, my third ranked flex player is I'm sticking a little cheaper now, uh, but going back to that 49ers Saints game, it's Debo Samuel at 5600. He's been getting um, really good production the last four weeks. I say production and not volume because he's had two games with really low volume, but he's had 10 targets or a touchdown uh, in each of the last four games. That's kind of a weird stat, but it, it just shows one way or another he's getting there for you each and every week. I think uh, the Saints will place uh, their top corner, Lattimore, on Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, but even if they put him on Debo Samuel some of the time, I think Samuel has good opportunity to have another good to great game. Uh, and I think he's a very solid play at 5,600. I don't like him as much as Zach Pascal, who's only 100 cheaper, but I can definitely see myself having a lineup with both of them. And so I still like Samuel at his price. Uh, a player around that price that I like a little bit more than Debo Samuel um, is Marvin Jones Jr. at fifty four? Oh my gosh, you have all the Detroit receivers. <laughs> oh my god! If I could make you play four players, I just make you play the entire Detroit off passing game. Just these are all your players. Enjoy. I will probably play two. I will probably play like Galladay, Amendola, or Jones. I actually, if I was gonna play Jones, it'd probably be Jones by himself. Um, but if I'm gonna play Galladay, for another four play touchdown Galladay day against the Vikings. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen this time because I think they overestimated the Vi- the last time they played they overestimated the Vikings secondary and that's why they didn't pass to Galladay as he did- he didn't get the targets like it's not like he got the targets and didn't do anything with them he just didn't get the targets I think this time they realized that the Vikings secondary is absolutely garbage and he's going to get a lot more targets this game but anyways go ahead. Okay, going up to my number two, uh, switching off wide receivers, going to running backs now for my flex. is a guy who is in a fantastic matchup, though I don't know if everyone realizes it, and that's Melvin Gordon, who's 6,400, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a guy that is going uh, all the way across the country. Uh, he did not get paid, so he's running oh. mad. But he's getting, he's been getting his 20 carries a game, and Jacksonville's been giving up something ridiculous like 140, 150 yards a game in the last few games. Um, so Austin Eckler's very good, but he's about the same price, and I'd rather take the running back that's getting all the volume like Melvin Gordon. Um, he's a really safe bet for 20 carries and three receptions, and against a, a bad run defense like Jacksonville, that should be plenty good enough uh, to get Gordon the volume he needs to get the points he needs to be worth it and to be a bargain at a $6,400 price tag. Okay. Uh, can you guess who my number one is? Uh, what Detroit players haven't you named? The Detroit defense. Is no, number remember one I, said, I said that I had from the other matchup. I had someone from the other matchup. Jameson Crowder. Or are you going reaction with Robbie Anderson? Go reaction play, Robbie Anderson. <laughs> I don't think it matters who it is. I like Robbie Anderson better, um, but either of those would probably be fine. Yeah, what's Anderson's price tag? Like forty eight hundred, fifty one hundred, fifty. Oh, okay. So even yeah, so Crowder's fifty three, Anderson's fifty. Yeah, it's really really close. 
Uh, I do think it's a toss-up between those two. That's part of the reason they didn't make my rankings is they're they're so close, and it's I think it's unlikely they both have really good games. Um, I mean, they no, but I think it's more likely than... Anderson has a good game. It's so hard for me to pick, but yeah, I I uh, I don't hate that call at all. Uh, if if it wasn't for like Debo Samuel and Zach Pascal at similar price tags, um, I'd be on those two a lot more. Uh, I just I want the guys that are like true number one wide receivers uh, and really skilled a little more. Uh, but I don't hate that play at all. My number one flex though is a guy that's higher priced, a guy that I like a heck of a lot more than Nick Chubb, and is only two hundred dollars more. It's Derrick Henry. Uh, at 8,200 going against oh, you're ranking Oakland him. Raiders. Yeah, I, I'm ranking him. You know, he's just... He doesn't catch out. passes. He doesn't, and he's really expensive, and that's what I've been avoiding. But apparently, you just play Derrick Henry after week 10 in the NFL, and he gets you 140 yards a game and a touchdown, and it, yeah, good it Lord. just happens. <laughs> I don't... He's had four straight games with only 24 fantasy points. He's just been a monster. Um, he did have... Some Wait, hamstring only, injury concern. You mean more than 24 fantasy points? Yeah, he, he's had more than 24 fantasy points for straight weeks. You said only, only 24 fantasy points. Oh, well, no. He said, well, <laughs> only is a Tw- 24.9, 36, 32, 27. Yeah, just, just a monster the last four weeks. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm probably jumping on the bad wagon a, a week or is really four weeks too late. But, yeah, that's my feeling. <laughs> but, you know, you were saying you like Ryan Tannehill. I like Derrick Henry. I think the Titans just go into Oakland and just try to pound the ball through. Um, you know, he's not in my top five running backs because he doesn't catch passes because there is that concern. So it's harder for him. He has to score touchdowns to reach value. But he's Tennessee's only option on the ground. They haven't been using Deion Lewis at all this season. Uh, and Tannehill's only been taking 20, 25 uh, pass attempts a game. So that's lots of work for uh, Henry to go. Uh, so I like him a lot, even his price tag. I like him way more than Nick Chubb. I'll say that for sure. That seems like a bet to me there, buddy. Uh, no, because I know what Derrick Henry's capable of. I just didn't rank him because I don't I, I don't want to, like you said, jump on the bandwagon too late, but I could definitely see him putting up another 30-point game. Um, I just don't want him in my lineup because I don't trust it. I don't want to pay up and have him get, you know, nine points. Fair enough. So we move. Let's move on to defenses. Yeah, let's do defenses really quick before we. I officially name who you have to play this week. Defenses was hard for me this week because I didn't like any of the low ones. I didn't like any of the high ones. So all of mine are kind of in the middle. Really, that's interesting. I I only liked one low one, but I liked a lot of the high ones. I think I like the three highest, all three of the highest price defenses. Uh, well, let's start with your your cheapest one. For me, it's the Indianapolis Colts at twenty four hundred. Yeah, I I wanted to go lower. If you really want to go floor, maybe the Bengals at twenty one hundred against Baker Mayfield and his turnover propensity. But uh, the Colts are as low as I'm really comfortable going. And even them, they have a good shot to give up twenty five points or more this week. It's just they might also get four t- four uh, interceptions from Jameis Winston. So. That's what you're banking on with Indianapolis this week. Yep, agree. Indianapolis is my lowest price defense. Okay. Uh, my middle price defense, who I don't love actually, uh, given that they're going to get, they're in a matchup where I said I was really excited about the offenses, but it's the Carolina Panthers at 2,800. 
Uh, they've been getting a lot of sacks all year. They're among the sack leaders uh, over the season, and they're, the Falcons have given up a ton of sacks recently. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's ankle still bothering him enough that he doesn't have much escapability, even though you know he wasn't a running quarterback to begin with. So I don't think the Panthers are in line to shut out the Falcons by any stretch, but I think they have a good shot at getting a couple turnovers and a handful of sacks, which is is good. And so I like them at 2,800, uh, even though I don't love them. Uh, I like the Tennessee Titans better at 2,600, playing against the god-awful terribleness that is Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, they're, the Titans, for me, see, I guess the, the problem I have when we do these low-priced, middle-priced, uh, high-priced things is, is teams like the Titans who aren't really low-priced but aren't really middle-priced either don't really have a home for me, but I like Tennessee too. I think they're, they're uh, obviously a possibility um, as are the jets and the Texans, to be honest, like, you know, I thought about the jets, but the way that uh, the way that the dolphins uh, have been putting up points, I just, I don't like it as much. Yeah. Just, just don't forget Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a back career backup and you know starter for terrible teams for a reason is he has really good games and then he can have some really bad games he's you know he's basically Jameis winston um over his oh, career. he's good for like he's good for like four or five straight mvp quality games yeah and then he'll just implode and be terrible then yeah. he'll be Derek carr for a couple games and yeah um yeah for high priced I like the Browns at 3600. I like the Vikings at 3800, but oh my god. But if I'm I'm paying up at defense, I'm just going to go all the way up to the Green Bay Packers at 4000. Uh I still have no faith in Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's ready to be a starting NFL quarterback yet. Deuces. Uh the Packers are at home. Washington is playing in the cold tundra of Lambeau Field. Packers crowd's going to be loud. They have a one game lead in the division again. This is, should be an easy win for Green Bay. Uh, Haskins is going to be forced to throw and the Packers are going to tee off on him for a lot of sacks. So um, I actually like them as much as I've liked any defense so far this year that's been 4K or above. I think this is a great spot for the Packers. I still am not sure I'll ever fit in a $4,000 defense, but if I do, uh, I'll, I'll be fine with Green Bay. I hate Green Bay this week, uh, every week. But um, I hate Green Bay every week too. But I can't ignore. I can't use my fandom to ignore how good a position their they got, defense is in. They got killed by the Chargers. Killed. Like I, I don't trust. I don't trust them at all. Like I don't. I don't think you could actually rely on them to do what they're supposed to do. No, I'm relying on. I'm not relying on Deuces Haskins to throw two picks. Yeah, but that's not going to get you on $4,000. No, but that but that gives you an opportunity for touch, for defensive touchdowns. No, at, at 4K, for a 4K defense to be worthwhile, they have to score a touchdown. Like you you don't uh, get there otherwise. I guess maybe a shutout in 10 sacks, but re- realistically, you have to score a touchdown to get there. My So all of my defenses are within $300 of each other. <laughs> um, so so my, my top defense, my highest price defense at 2,700 is the 49ers. And I think this is a good price for the 49ers. I don't think the uh, that Drew Brees is as good as he used to be. And I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. Um, I don't know why you picked uh, this game to uh, be one of your matchup picks. But I'm pretty sure this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. And the 49ers are just going to keep it, I don't know, for 2,700. Get me like six, seven, eight, nine points. And I'll be okay with that. 
one, I don't think it's going to be that low scoring. I mean, Lamar Jackson wasn't hindered by San Francisco's defense. Uh, two you mean MVP even, Lamar Jackson. Yes, but but two, even if it's low scoring, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas can each get nine catches and eighty yards, you and know, no touchdowns, or or each a touchdown. And that's fourteen points. That's not a high scoring game. So and Forty Niners uh, could still get you eight eight or nine points on defense with that happening. That that's possible. I don't, Drew Brees doesn't really turn the ball over a lot or doesn't take that many sacks. So that's why I kind of avoid. Uh, Breeze and historically have always avoided like defenses against Tom Brady for the same reason. They just don't turn the ball over or take sacks. Uh, Brady's come back down to earth quite a bit, so maybe he's not that same spot anymore. But but anyway, um, yeah, I mean San Francisco's defense is is cheap enough where yeah they they certainly have the opportunity to be valuable this week. So, so yeah, so that's our rankings for Week 14. Steve, I, I'm really struggling on. The Cleveland Browns running backs. Which one do you want to play? Uh, let me see. Hold on. I'm not going to make you play both because that's that's mean spirited, and and actually that uh, that opens the opportunity of a Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I think where one of them will have a good game. So, I guess based upon my rankings, I would rather play Hunt. Hunt. I would rather play Cream Hunt. Um, then... yeah, you know what? Okay. Play, play, uh, play Nick Chubb and play Kenny Galladay this week. Oh, seriously? Galladay. No. Galladay. Gonna... Okay. If I, <laughs> I can, you know, I can now punt on like other positions and put in Galladay, Diggs, and Chubb and like, that'd be, I'd be okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, okay. I can't stop no matter what you can punt. So. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna make you play a five quarterback. Yeah, or I mean, I can't make you play Slaughter. He wasn't in your rankings, and that's he is now. I wrote him down. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm not. That's no fun. I'm not gonna do that to you. You've been struggling enough in in our league as it is. I think you're in last place. So, giving you a chance uh, here. I'm doing okay. I either get, it's it's because I either get first place or fifth place. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no one, no middle never, ground for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I am admittedly giving you two guys that could have big games. I'm really not actually, I think Galladay is, I, I feel very safe on, um, Chubb could have a huge, huge game, but, uh, again, I don't, I'd rather have Derrick Henry or Michael Thomas for that about the same price or Leonard Fournette. Um, I think all those are better options. So I'm going to force you to pick a guy that I think is a suboptimal high price player. Uh, and that also probably those two guys also probably keep you from playing CMC this week. So I always like doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps us up. Um, thanks for listening. If you did listen, I assume you probably didn't get to this point because it's a very long podcast and not many people have an hour and a half to just sit around and listen to two people talk about fantasy football. Um, do it while some you're people do. Chores. And that's what I yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just got a new mic, so I haven't tested it out much. I just plugged it in, uh, so hopefully it doesn't sound terrible. Um, I don't. I have the gain turned up quite a bit, so it might be too loud. But I think Brian was kind of loud today too, so I might be able to turn it down in post production. Um, but, anyways, uh, follow follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I know there are four Instagram and Twitter handles at the bottom of the podcast. We are <laughs> switching. Um, we are switching our podcast hosting site. So right now it may, I think the last time I checked, it looked like there were no podcasts up available. 
I'm trying to fix that. Um, I'm trying to migrate everything over to the new podcast hosting site. And this podcast will definitely be up and available, but it may look like the only one. Um, let's see, other than that, that's any the only thing to catch up on. Uh, yeah. Brian, any parting words? No, hopefully everyone has a good, fun, and profitable weekend this this week. Yep. And I feel like it's say like peace out or something. <laughs>